Okay, welcome to episode 174 of the Jesus Famous Podcast. Our podcast exists to see Jesus honored, glorified, loved, esteemed, appreciated, adored, revered, and followed. Jesus Famous in your everyday life. I'm Nate Holdridge, your host for today and pastor at Calvary Monterey on the central coast of California. I like to preach about Jesus Famous on Sundays and write and podcast about Jesus Famous during the week. And uh, our show consists of interviews and discussions and stories and all kinds of stuff that we think will help propel you further into an appreciation of Jesus. And today I'm really excited because I've never done an episode like this before. It's a groundbreaking episode here. I'm having a roundtable discussion with some amazing moms that I know and respect. And uh, we're just going to get into it and talk about being a mom. And I can't wait to just hash it up right now. This is going to be great. So um, what we're going to do, this will be a roundtable style conversation. So what we're going to do is each each mom knows all the questions that I'm going to ask. And I'll introduce each one of them in a moment. They'll introduce themselves. And uh, they're going to, we'll, we'll have one question and then everybody at the table is going to answer that question. And we've got, I think, six rounds of questions that we're going to go through. And at the very end of the episode, they're going to give us a book or a resource that they would recommend to other moms uh, and also have one last exhortation. So this should be a fun episode today. So my first mom that I want to introduce today is Denise Buck. And I've known Denise for, gosh, 15, 16 years now. And we've actually worked together here at the staff of Calvary Monterey. So welcome, Denise. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Tell, tell everybody your, your mom stats and then tell <laughs> us your uh, favorite mom survival Oh, yes. Uh, my mom's stats are that I have four daughters and they're all grown. And uh, my oldest is 43 and my second daughter is 40. And my third daughter is 34, and my fourth daughter is 28. Wow. So we loved having girls. We just had fun around the dinner table almost every night. Lots of conversations. Lots of conversations. Lots of tears. Lots of tears, lots of conversations about relationships. Hmm. Sometimes Jeff would say, uh, Jeff is my husband, sometimes Jeff would say, tonight can we talk about something other than relationships? (laughs) (laughs) Now, I, I have to ask you, because, I mean, of course, you know that Christina and I, we only have daughters as well, sure. just like you guys. Do you ever hear stories of, like, what little boys are like, and you're like, oh, my gosh, they're crazy. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Although now we do have two going on three grandsons, so we're learning you're firsthand a little bit. Yes, we're learning. My answer to the mom survival tip, yeah, well, there could have been 10 of those, but the one I chose was... Um, We always have to be mindful of that raising children takes time, and it takes lots of time. And I think it's difficult, especially if we've been professional people or had a career or done anything else uh, consistently before we became mothers. It's difficult to get our hearts around the amount of time it's going to take to be a mom. So, um, but what I saw was that if in the instances when I would try to rush my kids to do something or rush them through something or rush in any fashion, it was always immediate pushback because my rushing was usually based on my overcommitted life. 
not on any kind of emergency or something that was critical. And uh, I feel like that noncompliance and the pushback always comes in those kind of instances. So it's so important to give your children uh, all the attention they need in the times that they need it. That for their in their best interest, not in your best interest. I love that. That's such a great tip for our modern era, I feel like, because of the message so often is you can have it all. You can have it all and that there's no, like being a parent, being a mom isn't gonna change your life or it doesn't have to change your life but that's impossible. that's impossible. So I love that. That's a great one. Okay, the second mom that I want to introduce is definitely the best mom at the table Whoa. because <laughs> it's my wife. No pressure, babe. Yeah. Christina Holdridge. So give everybody your uh, stats and yeah. your favorite mom tip. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Christina. We have three girls. Um, they're all mid to late teenagers now. One's almost not a teenager, crazy enough. So I have a 19-year-old daughter and a 17-year-old daughter and a 15-year-old daughter. And let's see, my mom's survival tip was a little less kid-focused and a little more me-focused. Like, how do I survive as a mom? Um, And I think my tip is to invite people that you respect into your mothering. Um, whether that's through books, which have been super helpful for me, podcasts, which have been super helpful for me, or especially um, people in community around you that you respect. Um, I have learned so much or um, been so supported by or so helped by different people at different stages of our parenting that I just, I can't even imagine how I could have known what to do at certain times if they had not spoken into my specific situation, my kids' specific personalities, my temperament, my stage of parenting. So inviting people to speak into your life, um, that has been a huge survival tip for me. How do you go about finding those people? Go to church, get in a small group. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, if you're isolated, you can't, right? Like, you have to. And if it's going to be wise and um, godly people, then they're going to come from church, Mm -hmm. uh, more than likely. Um, So, I don't know, like, step one, go to church. Step two, keep going to church. Um, Go to church and stick around find ways to build relationships with people. I mean, it takes time. Yeah. Yeah. But then I've done the awkward thing of looking at people's lives that I respected Yes. and not even knowing them really. Um, like I can remember, yeah, Yeah. I can remember us doing this with Nate and Angela. Um, just a couple that we knew that when we first had our first and just looking at the way they parented, not really knowing them well at all. And just going like, Hey, yeah can you tell us how you did that? Yeah. (laughs) And then when we had our first, then saying like bouncing so many things off of them all the time, they were two steps ahead of us in parenting. So yeah, definitely the like, I don't know you, but will you help me? Yeah. I love that you're bringing up that you find a lot of this in community because of course I agree with the concept of reading books about this or podcasts about this. But when you only do that, you never have someone holding up a mirror yeah. saying to you like, Hey, I, I'm, this is what I'm seeing in your parenting. Yep. Or as I've watched you, here's maybe some feedback that might be helpful to you uniquely 
that when you're reading a book, like maybe you have that self-examination ability, but a lot of times it's hard to see that. Yeah. So when you're, totally. when you're in community, it's a little bit better. So thanks for that. Hun. Yep. All right. The next mom I want to introduce is Whitney Ernest. And Whitney was actually in my youth group back in the day. Woo. So she's a great mom. And uh, I get to hear lots of tales about her kids because my 17-year-old daughter actually babysits her kids quite a bit uh, and has over the last few years. So Whitney, welcome. Why don't you give everybody your mom stats and your tip? All right, my mom stats. Um, I'm coming up on almost a decade of being a mom, which just seems impossible, but here we are. Um, My daughter is nine and a half. I should add that half on there because those halves are very important. If she were listening, she would want to (laughs) Nine and a half. Um, Then I have my son who's seven and then another son who is four. So I'm bringing some boys into the group here. (laughs) So you'll get, uh, you'll get some stories of those crazy boys. Um, but you know, uh, something my mother-in-law shared with me when I became a mom is she says the days are long, but the years are short. Mm. And during those long days, um, I found myself most weeks at some point feeling like I needed a list of ideas to help me when I found myself in a tough place personally, kind of spiraling or feeling trapped, feeling tired, all the things that we feel as new moms. And so I started a note in my phone that I've added to over the years and it's labeled ideas to avoid mommy meltdown. And so whenever I feel like I'm getting to that breaking point, I break, I break it out. Um, and I'll just share with you a couple, the number one thing on my list is pray. I think Mm -hmm. when you're in that place, you, it's easy to forget that you can just stop and pray and that can just solve Mm. almost every scenario. Mm. Um, but then beyond that, I have things that are really simple, make a snack, um, cuddle for yourself, for for yourself. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Make a snack, (laughs) cuddle or tickle with your kids. Um, just drop everything you're doing and just have a tickle fight. Um, go for a walk, brew a cup of tea, put on worship music, FaceTime a friend. I mean, like the list goes on, but you can just pull up that list and just choose one of them and it can just really change your day. And so... Mm. That's great. That's I've, so cool. Yeah. I love it. I need that list. <laughs> yeah. I'll share not, it with you. For not having anything to do with kids, just I just need that list. Well, I love that, yeah. Whitney. I, I think one of the things I've loved watching about you as a mom is you are one of those moms that, I mean, I don't know how you are all the time with your kids, but at least when I've watched you in operation, you are a cool customer. <laughs> <laughs> you are just calmly like navigating and when I've seen your littlest just being himself you're like hey this is what we're doing right now and I really love that and appreciate that so I don't know if your husband freaks out and panics I'm kind of the panicker in our uh, marriage and our parenting (laughs) styles but he's much more calm than I am that's crazy man you guys just like do you I should add that to my my list call Jeff call Jeff (laughs) love it Okay, and then the last mom that I've got in the studio with to me with me today is Bree Kaler. And she's actually helped put together this little episode and it was her brainchild, like, hey, we should do a mom's thing. <laughs> so I really appreciate that. So Bree, what are your mom stats and My your survival stats. tip? 
And survival tip. I am going to be the resident boy mom. So I'm representing the boys here. I mean, Whitney has, boy, has boys too, but I have two boys. Um, I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. Cannon is my nine-year-old, and he's almost 10 next month, actually. Wow. I think it's a month from today. So it's like double digits and feels really big <laughs> for him, but maybe even bigger to me. So yeah. um, that's a big step in my motherhood and yeah, in his life. That's crazy. Uh-huh. It's pretty crazy. And then crew is five. So, um, yeah, my mom's survival tip, I had a couple, but I think I'll go with, um, I think just smiling at your kiddos more Mm. and really being intentional to laugh with them, to laugh at yourself and to Mm. enjoy them. I think oftentimes we're pretty serious. We have stuff that we need to do, things that we need to get done and they're with us often and we're we're needing to just kind of like be serious about life and then we forget that like they see our face all the time Mm -hmm. and um and they maybe aren't seeing us being lighthearted or like delighting in them and smiling and laughing so I think just like bringing I don't know a mom survival tip is just trying to be the one maybe that brings levity instead of always like bringing the smack down you know (laughs) what I mean because you got to bring the smack down sometimes but um I think that would be it also take out you know, sometimes you just yes. need take out. <laughs> like, this is not working. And sometimes when I'm like, you know what, guys? Like, I feel it in myself. It's like bubbling up like this. I'm getting just, I guess, stressed out would be the thing. And they're like, you know, ramped up. And I'm like, you know what, guys? Let's go to Chipotle for dinner. And this, the hope that comes into our home from uh-huh. that yes. is immeasurable. Oh, that's <laughs> so true. Yes. That is so Little takeout. Takeout. Works magic. <laughs> love that so would you Bree? would you describe yourself as like a, a task oriented person is that why part of why that's like a good reminder for you the like not the takeout but the, <laughs> yeah uh, just like looking at them smiling at them that yeah. kind of thing yeah. I absolutely like see the list that needs to get done and sometimes forget that there's like relationship <laughs> involved mm-hmm. I'm like oh, we're gonna get this done and mm-hmm. then forget that so maybe not every mom would benefit from that but I sometimes I think, think you can good. be a little too serious as mamas. Yeah, definitely. That's mm-hmm. great. All right. Well, let's get into the heart of the podcast and start asking some uh, just questions that I think are related to being a mom. Some are real serious. Some are a little more lighthearted. But to me, I'm really excited to get into these questions because um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like uh, the church has made some great strides in recent years in thinking about um, uh, having a more robust theology regarding women and thinking about what women can be in the body of Christ and can be gifted to do in the community of faith, but also in the world that we live in. But I don't want to lose the encouragements and exhortations to all the women out there who are called to motherhood. So just as a pastor, I like to mention in conversations like these that Not every man is called to be a father. Not every woman is called to be a mother. All of us have these different lives that God has designed for us. So we're not approaching scripture or femininity or womanhood with a uh, strict grid of it's got to look like this for every person. Every woman's going to grow up and become a mom and that's going to be the thing that she does. But for those who do it and those that are called to it, and by the way, if you have a kid, you're called to it. Um, 
it's an important part of life mm -hmm. and it takes up so much of your focus and love and devotion and energy. So I'm really excited to have moms encouraged by some of the things that you guys share today. So the first question that I'll uh, throw around the table is the question, uh, what is your greatest joy in mothering? Uh, or for Whitney, what is one of your greatest joys in mothering? So, Denise, what is your greatest joy in mothering? Oh, I love that question because that's what mothering is, is a joy. Not every day, but uh, it is just absolutely one of the most important things in life that we're so privileged to do. And uh, I feel like beyond just seeing their sweet faces, I can remember spending time when the kids were super small, where just they'd come around a corner and I'd just see their little faces and I would just be like overjoyed mm. at seeing them. And uh, hearing their laughter, just hearing their first words, all the first experiences you have. But beyond that, I feel like my greatest joy is the sense of collaboration with God and mm. feeling called to it, not being knowing that I'm not alone and that I'm in this because God gave this to me to do, that he entrusted to me just for a very, very short time in the grand scheme of things, uh, these little people uh, to impact and to uh, disciple and teach and train uh, so that they will grow up for him and to love him. I love uh, verse First uh, Corinthians three nine talks about we are fellow workers with God, mm -hmm. and just always remembering that that uh, that's just a great joy to me that I could feel the presence of the Lord there with me, and that we were doing this together, and it wasn't just an alone thing. Mm. That's so good. Thank you. Yeah, that it is a joy. It's kind of like a, almost cool to it seems like talk about how just like hard it is and how it's not a joy but to remember it is a joy to it be a mom a that's great partnering mm -hmm. with god yeah. babe what's yours i love that denise by the way thank I think you it, christina it's always helped me to have a sense uh, that that's like purposeful even though we're talking about joy it's mm. like it's a calling what you're describing you know mm -hmm. there's a purpose in this it's not just an obligation but a calling and that is so joy giving to know mm -hmm. you're doing something that matters mm -hmm. anyway um mine it is hard for me to speak in superlatives in this way but so one of my greatest joys is um seeing who god made your kids to be and just being a part of helping them sort of like develop and mm -hmm. unfold i just like i can't get enough of that whether it's like figuring out their likes and their dislikes or their hobbies or their passions or their temperaments or understanding how they're wired because um, it's all so intentional on God's part. He's crafted them and made them to be who they are for a reason. And it's just, I don't know, I love that. I love watching who God made them to be come out more and more. So yeah. it's cool. a total joy. And every parent can attest like, they came from the same place and they're all so different. They're all so How did different. This happen? Yeah. 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 We have these three girls that look like sisters, but also don't look like sisters right. and also don't act right. like the same person at all. Yeah. yeah. What are some ways that you, um, how do you discover that? Cause I, I, I've watched you do that over the years. I don't think it's natural to everybody to discover 
what uniquely their kids are. So how do, what are some things that you do to Hmm. try to discover that? I mean, some of that comes just like circumstantially, like, whoa, um, my oldest and my second oldest responded to the very same situation so differently. Mm -hmm. So now I need to like do some investigating to understand why it was super comfortable to be in a loud and crowded room for one and super uncomfortable to be in a loud and crowded room for the other. Um, compassionately, um, grace filled, um, in a grace filled way, sort of asking questions. I mean, that's when they're a little bit older Mm -hmm. to be able to have conversations about those kinds of things. But, um, how do I do it? I think it, it really takes a lot of compassion because you have to not be frustrated by who they are, which is challenging for all of us, but be willing to say, to come with a compassionate and sort of like, I want to learn about you, um, frame of mind, Mm. I think, but I don't have a really specific answer to that question. Can you think of ways? I think some of it is just like a, I don't know if like a servant hearted perspective is the way I describe it. But I think when you are really like interested in your kids, Mm. it's just, becomes like a source of conversation and I know we've had hours of talks over the years Mm -hmm. uh, talking about each one of them at different stages and I don't think you have those conversations if you don't have like a real love for them and a and like you're you're there to serve them you know and not just grind through it so I think that was like a necessary ingredient to taking the time to I mean, half the time we would have these conversations like, this is what I'm seeing. And she'd already have these like very well cooked, articulated <laughs> thoughts. I'm like, well, no, actually, this is what Violet is like. <laughs> so I think you're, you're just kind of, you've just got like that background motor just kind of. Yeah. Doing it. All right, Whitney, what is your, uh, what, what is one of one your of greatest, my joys greatest joys in mothering? Um. I think just experiencing life alongside of them Mm. and just seeing everything through their eyes, all of their first, uh, all their first moments, um, just experiencing their joy and their laughter. And, um, so just doing, doing life alongside of them and, and being there when they have those aha moments. And, um, I don't know, that's so far that has brought me my greatest joy, but, um, I love what you were referring to, Christina, and it reminded me of um, that we can um, become good students of our kids. Yeah. We can study, yeah. study yeah. them. I don't know. If not. That's a great way to say it. That. I think. For sure. Yeah. So we can study what they like and what they don't like, and we can become well versed on who they are and get to know them in that way, just because we're observing them and we're, we're paying attention to them because of our love for them. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, delighting in what they delight in can bring about um, beauty in a, a parent-child relationship. That's yeah, totally. cool. So, like, you're mm-hmm. talking about. You're seeing the world through like their eyes almost, like experiencing it through them and delighting in them. Is that hard sometimes as a mom to just, you know, like (laughs) that feels like you got to gear up for that a little bit at times, right? Yeah. I think it's a daily choice. Hmm. Um, I have uh, on my nightstand, I I sleep with one earplug 
most nights um, because motherhood has changed me and I now like hear every single, uh. you know, <laughs> rustling of leaves outside. And uh, so I sleep with an earplug and the pouch that holds my earplugs, it says, choose joy on it. And it's like every morning when I wake up, I see it. And every <clears throat> night when I go to bed, I see it. And I'm just like, I get, I get to choose how I want to go about my day, how I want to interact with my kids, how I want to live life alongside of them. And Mm -hmm. I can do it with a heart that wants to serve them, that wants to study them, and that ultimately just wants to choose the joy of Mm -hmm. the season Mm -hmm. that I'm in. That's good. So choose joy. I have so many (laughs) questions about this one earplug situation. (laughs) But I'm just going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. We'll do that for the next next podcast. <laughs> you have two ears. You know that, right? I know. I still want to be aware of what's going on, but not not too aware. <laughs> I like That's it. Great. Just kind of cut the Just noise aware a little enough. bit. Yeah. Yeah. I won't even tell you what kind of sleep blockers go on in the Holdridge room. <laughs> we got machines going on yeah. to Multiples. make it better. Yeah. <laughs> Layers. Yeah. All right, Bree. What is your one of your greatest joys in, in mothering. Yeah, I think like the first thing I thought of was just like snuggling and reading books. I just like, that gives me all the feels. I love snuggling and reading books with Mm. my boys. Um, so that was like my first answer. But, um, I also like the thing I think that brings me just like the greatest joy. Um, and these moments don't happen a ton, but when they do, it's just like, I feel like I'm living in a dream and it's just wonderful. It's like when the boys connect the dots, um, like to, they connect like the word to their life. Like that's just like, Mm. what just happened? Mm. (laughs) This we're, we're doing it guys. So, I mean, an example would be, I just remember one time I was like in the kitchen cleaning and thinking about something and one of my boys is just super intuitive and, and he was like, mommy, um, what's going on? Are, are you okay? And I was like, you know, buddy, I'm just a little bit discouraged. And he's like, mommy, don't be discouraged for the Lord, your God is with you. (laughs) And I was just like, it was just like truth. Yeah. And he, he said it with no, um, he didn't hold anything back. It was like truth to him. And it like spoke to me and was just super wonderful. And I was just like, Oh, those moments are just like the most special or when, um, one of them like explains somehow that we're like doing something and they want to explain like, well, Jesus. And I'm just, I just like, I just sort of want to melt in those moments. And I just feel like, I don't know. It's like my, like probably my greatest joy when, mm. when they like connect the dots on their own and we weren't even talking about the word or anything and they just bring it up. Yes. I think that would Super be my cool. greatest joy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that one trumps the snuggling yeah books yeah yeah but my first i had to be like this my is first a christian one podcast <laughs> <laughs> one of my greatest the Bible? joys is having being witness to Bree's five-year-old praying oh, <laughs> so no. i could <laughs> i could vouch for that seriously. yeah seriously no that that's really sweet like uh i don't want to i mean somebody could listen to this podcast in five years when canon is like a eighth grader or freshman or whatever mm-hmm. so i don't want to like too big of a deal out of it. But, uh, last night in our life group, his prayer was just so, um, it was not, he, he kind of prayed to start out our group and it was not, uh, like, this is what you do to like parrot your parents and like be cute for them. It yeah. was like, this is his understanding of who God is. And he's talking to him right now. It's yeah. really cool. All right. So our next question, uh, what aspect of God's character or 
passage in God's word has been impactful to you as a mother. So I'm sure there are thousands of ways that the word or who God is has impacted each one of you as a mother. But I'd love to think about just how theology or scripture has influenced your mothering. So Denise, uh, why don't you go first again? Yeah, I'm so grateful being a mom that uh, I had the Lord in my life mm-hmm. because I feel like, uh, like even the thing Christina was talking about of seeing our children's strengths as they grow up and act, putting ourselves in the place of being like a facilitator for them of those strengths rather than trying to shove them into a mold. I think it's so important. I think the Lord helps us do that. Mm-hmm. So for me, <clears throat> uh, in Psalm 103, the Bible talks about, excuse me, <clears throat> yeah. Is it okay? Yeah, take a sip of water if you need to. Um, it talks about the Lord is like a father to his children. And then it describes that father as being tender and compassionate to all mm-hmm. of those who fear him. Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like that tenderness is something that I really needed early on in my parenting because I could kind of be the coach or the hurting them or whatever, but just to uh, have that tenderness and the compassion. Uh, for my children was really, really important. So I appreciate that God is tender with me Mm. and God is compassionate with me. And then I can, uh, by experience, pass that on to my children, being tender and compassionate with them. Mm. That is so often what I hear. I think I hear that one the most from new parents who they're in the church, they're hearing the Bible, they read the Bible, they have a relationship with the Lord and then they have a child. And they'll say to me, I have learned so much about how God sees me mm. by having this child. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm starting to learn. And a lot of times it's like the, not the tenderness part. It's the frustration part. <laughs> they're, they're realizing how frustrated they the are. They're, at the, of, they're yeah, on their yeah, wits yeah, end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but they're thankful like, but God is tender towards right, me. Right. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's so good. Mm. All right, honey, how about you? What's uh... Yeah, um, it's it's very much in tandem with what Denise said, but um, the passage in Hebrews 4, um, 15, it says, um, is it 15? I think I might have the wrong verse on there, 4 or 5, I think. Anyway, it's this passage, <laughs> that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And um, I think that part of Jesus that sympathizes with our weakness is so meaningful to me as a mom because I know I can, he understands my weaknesses as a mom. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He sympathizes with them. He's been there. He was tempted in every way like I am, even though he was never a mom, he was tempted in all the ways that I am as a mom to struggle and sin and fail. Mm. And so I don't have to hide from him and he's compassionate towards that, but also that he sympathizes with my kids' weaknesses Mm -hmm. and how much I want to be sympathetic, not excused or look over, but sympathetic to their weaknesses and even their sin, um, to have compassion, like you're saying, and to treat them with a, a gentleness in their weaknesses. Um, so... I'm just so grateful that that's who God is to me. And then uh, I'm encouraged to be like that to my Mm. girls. Mm. Do you guys feel like 
with everything that kids are exposed to and growing up in and all of the anxiety and pressures that are so well documented in this emerging generation that this tenderness of God and this uh, sympathy of God is like almost even more important to bring to Mm -hmm. the surface for kids these days. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a tough thing to be a kid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think definitely. But I think we lose sight of that sometimes too, because I, I didn't really ever think about, but Jeff said that to Matt and I one day, it's like, it's really hard being a kid. And I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> it is. that, But that wasn't something that I was processing as a parent or as a mom, that it's hard. But after he said that, because you guys have gone before us and you're way wiser than we are, um, it's true. And I, I totally agree with tenderness and sympathy is hasn't always mm-hmm. been the like parenting things mm-hmm. about God's character, but I think it's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost, uh, you. when I think about like, Oh, it's hard being a kid. No, it's hard being me. Mm. It's it's what I wish I could have life as easy as you guys ha- are having it. But the reality is, that's the hardest thing they've ever experienced right. at that mm-hmm. stage that they're in. I've of course mm-hmm. already passed through all that stuff. So mm-hmm. now this is the hardest stage I've ever passed through. Right. You know, so just having that compassion for each other—that's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Whitney, how about you? Okay. Um, well, Nate, as you have said in the past, I've heard you say, don't we all wish as parents we could open up our Bibles and turn to First Parentonians? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I feel that way sometimes. Um, but a passage um, that Jeff and I chose, we have two different husbands named Jeff. That's going to be I interesting know. on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> they um, are different men. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you got Jeff and Geoff. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say, we I just realized that. Um, we chose a verse for our family, and that's Deuteronomy 6, mm. 6 through 7. Um, and if I'm just paraphrasing it, it says that the words of the Lord would be on our heart and that we would... Um, I love that he uses the word diligently, that we would diligently teach them to our children in our homes when we lie down and when we wake up and that we would write them on the the doorposts of our homes. And this passage, I feel like it reminds me of who God is um, and then it reminds me of what he's done and then that I then have an opportunity to tell my children about it. And so it's just kind of, Every time I, I read this passage, um, I just kind of walk myself through that, you know, who who is God, what has he done, and how can I now tell my kids about that? Mm. Mm, that's super and good. so that's my, that's our, our family mantra. It's on the fridge. I love that. That's a solid mm. one. So for the for you guys and your family, what are some of the ways that you share the, share the Lord? with your kids or like, you know, talk to, to them about who he is. Is it, is it like a, a carbon copy of like a Sunday church service? You know, do you have like little, <laughs> little pews or, or something like when are some of the times that this happens? Um, well, you're jumping to a, a question. Oh, we're going to, so we're going to, we could jump there. We could do that right I've, now. I'm going there. We're doing it. We're doing it. So what we do is we try, we're not, it's not perfect, but we try to start our day and end our day with the word. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm generally in charge of the morning 
time. And so we've chosen different um, devotionals or different verses or psalms or something during the breakfast time. I lead the children in some sort of time. And I encourage them. I said, guys, we're going to spend maybe, sometimes it's five minutes, yeah. you know, because their attention spans are, are pretty limited. And I said, we're going to spend five minutes. And it's an opportunity for the creator of the universe to, to, to speak to our hearts, to give us one little nugget before we go out and we spend the rest of our day running around distracted by the world. Um, and so that usually gathers everybody in for five minutes. And uh, so, and then Jeff does the evening time. We, he does the evening Bible story. And we've, once again, we're just going through different children's Bibles. Right now we're doing the action Bible, which mm-hmm. is in like comic strip so form. So the boys are really into that. Um, and, and then the other way I feel like I share the Lord with the kids is through worship music. Um, especially as they're learning to read, they're really listening to those lyrics and um, just having those words just on repeat in our home and in the car. And um, I love to sing, as you guys know, on the worship team. And so just singing with the kids and having them just build in that love in their life for worship um, has been a really sweet way to see the Lord move in our home. Mm, I love that. That's so great. I think, you know, I remember the years when our kids were in those age ranges and it's, they're always asking why Mm. about stuff. You know, they're always curious about what you're doing, why you're doing it. And sometimes it's exhausting, but I remember those were such great opportunities to explain how the word or the Lordship of Christ in my life was directing why I was doing what I was doing in that moment. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you... What am I doing on the computer right now? I'm paying the bills because we're stewards of these <laughs> yes. finances that God has given to yeah. us. And, you know, so, and then of course, like there's just so many opportunities to share about grace and forgiveness mm. and Jesus with them when mm. they, you know, they sin. Do your kids <laughs> sin every once in a while? Yeah. <laughs> I remember as, even as a child, my, I remember being very deserving of a significant consequence. And I remember my my father stepping in and offering me grace and it was like i really truly in that moment understood what grace was because i knew in that moment i had really messed up and i knew i was going to get some some really big consequence and then i didn't Hmm. because he decided to offer me grace in that moment and so i feel like i've used that a couple times with my kids you know, but I was like, I, yeah. my, my quote is, I said, don't abuse my grace <laughs> because then they're, Oh, well you can offer me grace. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but then you're abusing my grace. <laughs> so I don't know. That's good. What a great way for us to grow in the word ourselves, mm-hmm. to share it with our kids. That we might not abuse the Lord's grace in our own lives. Amen. Right? Amen. Right. It comes full circle. Amen. Sure. Amen. Uh-huh. Amen. I'm Preparing Galatians 6, 6 through 10 right now this week. God is not mocked. What a man sows, he will also reap. All right, Bree, how about you? What is your uh, God's character, part of God's word that is helpful to you? Yeah, my passage is God is not mocked, whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can you imagine? It's painted on the walls. Yeah. <laughs> just, I start in the morning with it and in the evening. It's just all around. <laughs> he is no laughing matter. Yeah. Um, I just really like how Jesus is described in John 1 14. Jesus, he's full of grace and truth. Mm. So I just felt like 
Um, I, I can, I can tend to complicate things. So I'm always trying to find ways to like simplify it in my brain. And so I thought that was really special. And then I also thought about like, if there's like a mama listening to this, who's in maybe like in the stage, like just behind me. Well, there's times I feel this way too, though. Um, I feel like Galatians six, nine, that says, and let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart and other um, versions say, um, if we don't give up. So I just feel like that verse makes me feel super seen by God, which is always so special. Um, Mm -hmm. when you can like feel seen by him and he just knows that like, it's not all, not all cupcakes and rainbows, but there's a blessing in doing it. So, yeah, definitely. I love that kind of puts, uh, some wind in your sails to endure. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking about that particular verse, like, okay, so the temptation to give up, what's the antidote there? He's saying there's a reward coming. So when you think about like the boys and you're raising them, I mean, is it just for you? Is it like, okay, it's a hard work. I'm not going to give up because when I go to heaven, there's going to be, or is it, I'm, I'm imagining that, yeah, it is that, but there's this like hope that you have for the boys that you're like, that's going to be rewarding. Yes, absolutely. And that whatever work, because oftentimes it's that like we're struggling through and working on some sort of possible like character issue or something. Mm -hmm. So I kind of sometimes like even make it smaller, just like in that one circumstance is like, we just got to keep plodding through this. Don't give yeah. up. Don't become, cause it's mm-hmm. almost, I also don't see it. I'm not a person who's just like, bye. <laughs> like I'm going to give up on this, but kind of just like becoming numb to it or just like, okay, whatever mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's what it is for me is if we just keep plodding through and putting the work in and giving the grace and repeating ourselves over and over mm-hmm. again, because sometimes that's what it feels like mm-hmm. with grace and you're thinking in your head, I have said this five times today, mm. um, but just not giving up and having the hope that the Lord's going to do the work in them. Yeah, that's so good. It's like so many of the good things in life, it's delayed gratification, right? Mm-hmm. So in that moment, the temptation is, I'm just going to take the easy route. I'm going to get yeah. out of this. I'm not going to address this. I'm not going to follow up with this. I'm, I'm just going to tell them. I don't want to deal with you right now. Like, I'm just going to walk away. And sometimes obviously we need that space, but, uh, the real gratification comes when, because I put in that work, I sowed one day, I'm hoping to reap this, like, you know, these boys that become young men of real real character. So that's great. We need endurance as parents. Mm -hmm. So that's so good. Okay, my next question, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to ask this one because I feel like we, you know, the Satan is the father of lies. We are swimming in a world that is constantly giving us ideas and concepts about all sorts of things, including what success looks like. And that includes for our parenting. Like, this is what being a successful parent would look like. So my question that I wanted to ask all of you is, what do you, as a gospel-centered, Jesus-loving, biblical mom, what do you want for your kids? Because I think it's just good for other moms to kind of just 
hear that and consider like, wow, these, these women who know Jesus and love the word, these are some of the things they're shooting for in the lives of their kids. Mm. Uh, because I mean, at least here on the Monterey Peninsula, kind of the culture that that's here, there's a, there are some overlapping desires that we might have for our children that our general society would want. But then there are probably some overemphases that are found in our culture and society, like a hyper pressure towards career success or educational success or something like that, that as Christian parents, we might say, I, you know, I want that. I'm going to support you in that. But that is not the main thing of who you are either. So I'm, I'm really excited to have you guys answer this question, even though I'm answering the question. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing a great job. (laughs) Okay. So Denise, why don't you tell us your answer uh, first? Because we do have desires for our kids, right. um, and sometimes their desires to fulfill something that we didn't get to fulfill when we were growing up, mm-hmm. and that might not fit them at all. So I think uh, one of the desires I always had for my girls, for it was for each of them to find that God-given gift or purpose that they had for the, that He had for their lives, mm-hmm. and to really embrace that and not run away from it. But ultimately, uh, my desire was always uh, that they would increasingly follow the Lord and allow the Lord to be the center of their lives and not just a fringe Hmm. thing. And, uh, that they would allow, always allow him to be the Lord of their lives. And my prayer for them was again, using the increasingly word that they would increasingly throughout their lives, learn how to live for the glory of God. So one of the passages I love about that is uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31 says a few things, and it says that you would eat and drink, and whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Hmm. So trying to model living for the glory of God and not just living for ourselves or living for our kids or whatever, but living for the glory of God and then encourage them to find that thing that God's given them that they can really excel in and really do. And... uh, to do it for God's glory and not for theirs. Hmm. What would you say to someone who says, that's nice, but this is a dog eat dog world. This is a tough place to live. And by putting that first, you know, that they would know God and walk with God. It sounds nice, but it's not practical. My kids need something different to really be able to navigate this life and world what what would you say in response well by experience it worked for us Hmm. so um i feel like we've had to choose again and again and again over through the years for ourselves to live for god and not live for what other people thought we should do or not live for uh, accolades or uh, material success and for us it has been very gratifying Mm. and it's also been fulfilling in that the Lord has always taken care of us and so we're not always going to be here to take care of our children and many people who go after a certain lifestyle or a certain level of education um, in the end a lot of times it turns out they can't take they can't even take care of themselves Mm. but if you put God first Scripture promises that the Lord will take care of you. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. It's a, to me, it's like walking with God is and maintaining that discipline. It's like a keystone habit that unlocks so many other good things in a person's life. So 
that person that's thinking like this is impractical i would say this is one of the most practical things you can do mm-hmm. and it's it's a beautiful way to like kind of teach and train our kids i think in because they're going to hear those voices too like oh this time going to church or this time reading the bible or this time praying like it's not really beneficial there's Mm -hmm. other more important things to get done that's fine if you want to have that as part of your life but uh for us to be telling them no we're we're people that like where we walk by faith and we believe that god is going to respond to these different things that as we open ourselves up to him so I love that. That's a great one. Thank you, Pastor Nate. Christina, how about you? What's uh, what do you so, want for your kids? So official, Christina. Christina. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was listening to a teacher. <laughs> I guess you are. Um, yeah. Okay. For me, um, I just want them to be happy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was Things that have never been said in our house. <laughs> No, um, it all goes together. There's, it's probably like four, you could pull out four words from it, but I would say I want my girls to truly in like a personal, real intimate way, understand how much they need a savior, like get that they need him, Mm. that they need to be saved. And then to be overwhelmed by the grace of God because they understood how much they needed it. But then to be overwhelmed by the goodness of God and how much better it is than anything mm-hmm. so that they would follow him, mm. you know, to see their need for him, just be blown away by his grace, be blown away by his goodness, and then follow him in a response to that. Um, that's what I want. I don't yeah. want girls that are, I don't want women that are following God in some outward way because it was a habit that they were raised with, like to go to church or to read their Bible. Mm. Um, I don't want girls who are following God because it's the right quote unquote thing to do or to please me. Mm. Um, I, I want them to really get it that they need Jesus for themselves, that Mm. they actually have sin that they need to be freed from that they, that God's goodness is better than anything that the world has to offer. So I could, I guess I could go on for a long time. <laughs> That's what I want for my. You getting girls. a little misty right now? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's what I want for them, and that's what I pray probably every day in one way or another yeah. for them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's super clear that the Jesus famous vision for the church came out of this household Uh. Uh, because that's what we're about that's basically what you're describing as a jesus famous parent you know he says like what i want more than anything is for them to have an epiphany of the gospel of who christ is and that that will drive everything forward in their lives so uh, my i guess just like a quick follow-up sure uh can we make that happen. Yeah, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> I so desperately wish. No. Yeah, there's there's environments that you can contribute to to encourage that. There's so much you can do as a parent um, that can help create the right environment for that to happen. There's so many truths you can expose them to. But at the end of the day, that is like the grace and mercy of God to open their eyes. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why I pray for it so much because that's just a 
Holy Spirit mm-hmm. work yep. that we can't that we can't create. Yeah. Even the Apostle Paul, who had yep. more skills than all of us at this table right. combined, who by the way did relate to motherhood at times, like when he wrote to the Thessalonian church and said, like a nursing mother, I was right. nurturing you. He did not think he had the skills to articulate to them enough uh, information that would make them have that epiphany. At the end of the day, Paul would just always say to the churches he wrote to, I'm praying for you. Yeah. That God would open your eyes. That's right. And that you would see who Jesus is. (laughs) And you've got the guy who can articulate who Jesus is better than anybody else on the face of the planet saying, I'm praying for you that you would know who Jesus is. So Mm -hmm. I love that. That's a great one. Yeah. Okay. Whitney, how about you? I feel like I'm probably going to say what Denise and Christina said just in a different way. I'm just going to wrap it up in a different blanket here. Um, I was just talking to a friend and we were talking about this question and she said, and I said, aren't we all going to have the same answer? (laughs) And she said, and I thought this was really good. She said, no, it's going to be like a diamond where you're looking Mm -hmm. at it from different facets. Like you're seeing it from different angles. So yours is a different angle. So here's my facet. Um, I, I, mine's really short and sweet that my children would grow up and love Jesus and that they would follow after him all the days of their life. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but that my prayer is that they would do that sooner rather than later so that they are spared from the consequences that sin and not following after the Lord would, will produce in their young lives so that they would find that they would make that decision to fall after him, that the Lord would open their eyes at a young age, um, that they would choose to learn from wisdom rather than experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so well said, that's, Whitney. That's my, that's my prayer for them. And you know, it kind of a funny story when, when we first found out we were pregnant with Haley, I think I was like 10 weeks pregnant or something and we're praying over dinner and my husband, Jeff, um, prayed for her salvation. And I said, I said, she's not even born. Like she's, we're, we just found out we were having a baby. And he says, but it's never too late to pray that the Lord would just get a hold of her heart at a young age. And I just thought, oh my word. So leave it to my husband to take it to the next level. He's praying for babies in love utero. Um, but you know, it, I loved his heart for that. He just said, it's never too soon mm-hmm. to yeah. pray for, or to, maybe you're not a parent yet, to pray for your future children, to pray for their future spouses, to pray for those future seasons um, because the Lord hears all of our prayers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if it's the timing is, is different. Whitney, I want to ask you just following up on that. Do you think that, um, that there's ever of like fears that even like a God loving Bible loving Jesus loving mom or parent, has to process through and deal with in wanting Jesus to grab a hold of their kids' lives and do whatever he wants to do mm. with them. You know what I mean? Like, obviously all of us in Christ were called to be missionaries, but it's like, mm. that's a, that can be a fear, I think, for a parent. Like, I do want, I want them to be so radical for Jesus, mm. but 
I'm tempted to want it within these bounds, mm. you know, and if they came to me at, you know, age 23 and were like, I just, I finished school and now I'm mm. going to go be a missionary in Africa. It'd be like, I, that's not, I wasn't praying for that much. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you feel like that's ever like a, a battle for, for moms to deal with? I think, well, probably when I mean, we love our kids, we, we want them, the, the earthly side of us wants to keep them safe mm. and, you know, we want to watch them grow old, but I, you can't put God in a box. So I feel like I can't limit, I don't want to limit what the Lord has for their lives. And so if the Lord has something that's different than what I envisioned, I want what the Lord envisions. Yeah. So I think I have to, um, yeah, maybe quarterly lay my, yeah. <laughs> lay myself aside. Um, you know, when it comes, when it comes to the forefront of my mind, to lay that aside and to remind myself that I want what God wants for my child. And yeah, and we're going to know if it's coming from him. Um, we're going to see the Lord in, hopefully we're going to see the Lord moving in our kids' lives. And we're going to want that for them, even if yeah. it wasn't what we wanted. Yeah. So. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you kind of just imagine like what it must've been like for Mary mm. to watch her son, mm-hmm clearly pursue the Mm -hmm. ultimate will of the father Mm -hmm. but all the pain that it caused him that must have been a heart-wrenching thing but I think you described it really well as a mom there will be desires that you have Mm -hmm. but you have to it's not that I feel those desires for their safety and everything Mm -hmm. and so that must be the ultimate right you're also saying no there's a stronger desire, like a better desire, a truer desire that I want even more than that initial desire mm-hmm. that I have, which, you know, both come from God, but they need to be ordered in the right way. Yeah. So I love that one. Well, Thank I you. think it's, the prayer is like, Lord, align my heart with yours. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, so that I might not be stumbling on my own hopes and dreams and desires, but that if that mine would be aligned with his. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that Haley, she's going somewhere. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) Okay, Bree, how about you? I'm going to go with another facet to the diamond. Yeah. Because I'm feeling like, should I even answer this? (laughs) But I just like, I like read, I like just went for it. And this is what I wrote right away and didn't change it. So um, what I want for my kids is a secure connection to Jesus, a a growing relationship with him, and a desire to share in that with others all the days of their lives. Hmm. What do you mean by all that? Um, a secure connection to Jesus is like um, their initial connection is real and strong and steadfast. And that they would know their need for him. A growing relationship with would be and they continue knowing their need for them all the time. I mean for the rest yeah. of their lives every day, every moment. Mm-hmm. And then that they would have a desire that that wouldn't be like, um, I feel like sometimes we're seeing people nowadays create something that's really comfortable for them. Mm. Their walks with the Lord. It's, they're like, this is what works for me. Um, and sometimes people are messy, but I know as a mama that the best thing for them is to be in relationship with other people who love Jesus. Mm. So that's what I mean by share in that with others so that they would have relationships that are that iron sharpening iron mm-hmm. that are com- that are coming alongside one another and that they would that they would value that and be a part of that for the rest of their lives. Mm. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Does this, I remember talking with you and Matt, your husband, yes. about um, how you guys had been kind of just thinking about and wrestling with a theology of suffering yeah, and how that's like important to talk to your kids about yes. and build up with your kids. Is that related a little bit to this that you're sharing? Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, that, that suffering is going to be all throughout anyone's life. And if you're in community with people, suffering is going to be in other people's lives. So I definitely, I'm definitely all about a theology of suffering because, and I think that the, the root behind wanting there to be a theology of suffering in my boys' lives early on is so when they experience it, because oftentimes we can shield our kids from it. Sometimes you can't. Mm-hmm. You cannot shield your kids from it early on, but some some childhoods are pretty shielded. Um, but when they they will experience hardship, and if they experience it in little doses um, as they grow up, they're not gonna they're not gonna come to something huge and say like God, why would you allow this to happen to me? Mm-hmm. But they recognize like this is the part of the Christian life. In fact, it's really biblical. You yeah. will have hard times, but he's going to be with you. Yeah. So that's kind of, yeah, that's, super that's good. great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So before we do the, the next question, I just want to double back here. So I'm just triple checking. These aren't like the super Jesus answers to what you want for your children, right? Like this is for real. This is what you guys want for your kids. Yeah. 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 I, I believe if you lose your life for Christ, you'll find you'll it. You'll find it. So I you believe can... that my girls will, even if it was for their own joy, that if they turn to Jesus, when they turn to Jesus, as they turn to Jesus, they will have the best, most satisfying life. There's yeah. not a life better for them apart from Jesus or yeah partially trying to follow yeah. Jesus. Okay. And then uh, just like a follow up to that. So, so, or, but that doesn't mean like you guys aren't like, uh, if your child has a health issue, you're praying that God heals them. Right. Or that they, you know, that you have wisdom to know how to deal with it. Or if they're going through a trial, you're not just like, Oh, this is great. They're going to learn how to suffer. You're wanting to help them. You're maybe you don't rescue them, but you're trying to help them through it. Like you still, I, you're still wanting all of these beautiful things in their lives too, right? But you want them to come from the right source. Right. Yeah, yeah sure. like the beautiful things are an accessory. Yeah. It's wonderful. That's yeah. a great accessory, but it's not the foundation. And even the beautiful things can be experienced at such a greater level with the foundation. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's my thought. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah. So... I love these answers because it's like what we're saying is, I mean, you know, Jesus talked about the living water that comes out from us when we walk with the Lord and when the spirit's a part of our lives and just drinking from that fountain, like he's the source of our ultimate delight and then lesser delights come in connection to him. I love that. So there were no answers of like, my main desire is that they're healthy. My main desire is that they are happy. Those are things that we might be rooting for, but we, this is what we want ultimately. Mm-hmm. Okay. So thanks for fleshing that last one out. And I just wanted to push back for 
anybody who was listening and was just thinking, oh, these are just Christian ladies answering it in a Jesus-y kind of way because I know all four of you and I know that that's what you guys want more than anything. But to get you on the record so that they can kind of just hear that, like, no, yeah, it's true that that is the main thing that they want. Okay, my next question, and we'll go more quickly through this one, is how do you learn from other moms without comparing yourself to them in a negative way. And I try to ask it like that because there is a healthy version of comparison where someone else's life helps you see yourself a little bit better and you can grow and improve. But then there's of course unhealthy comparison as well where you're just constantly caught in that trap. So Denise, how do you do that? How do you learn from other moms without comparing yourself to them in a negative way? Well, I think I've always known that I need to learn from other moms. I didn't, I didn't have like a natural maternal instinct at first. And so I just went into it with, I'm going to need to observe. I'm going to need to watch what other moms are doing. And so I just try to stay teachable and humble. Um, Just try to stay in that place of realizing I can learn from anybody. I mean, even if it's a younger mom than me, I can learn uh, things from her. And the part about not making it negative against myself, I feel like, we're, we're all on a continuum, and there's always room for growth. And so rather than taking it like, oh, wow, she does it like that, so I need to change and do it like that, you also need to be yourself because God gave your children to you. Hmm. And so even though there are principles, maybe you can learn from other people, that's not necessarily the way it's going to work in your house. And to just try to stay more forward-facing instead of always backward-glancing in terms of, oh my gosh, I really messed that up. Just to realize that God's grace is there. Start over new today, move forward and incorporate the things you can and the other things, just let them go. Mm. That is so much what the Christian life is about. Mm -hmm. I can't change anything in the past, but what is my future gonna look like? And trusting the sovereignty of God. God sovereignly put those kids in your household for Mm -hmm. a reason. Crazy. Well, you guys just stole my answer, so thanks a lot. <laughs> um, I my it's twofold for me. It's um, having the humility and the awareness of my own sin to know that I need to learn, and to be willing to ask and invite other moms into my life to teach me. But then also believing in the specific sovereignty of God that He um, made me the way he made me for a reason that he made me my kids moms intentionally and on purpose my my even down to like my temperament and my personality let alone my styles and all of that kind of stuff he made me their mom on purpose and he made them my kids on purpose so that I'm not supposed to be like some other mom so Mm. very much what you just said the Mm. sovereignty of God and humility Did you ever have moments, especially when they were younger, where you felt that comparison trap? Hugely. And I think um, a lot from my, the younger years of parenting for me, there was a lot of, I was reading a lot of blogs and um, for some reason the blogs were the most intimidating. Maybe because you don't see their life, you know? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't like moms that were trying to be, they were godly moms. They were, you know, um, trying to help, but the comparison trap was very real or, and maybe it was because it was the earlier years and those are so challenging in a specific Mm -hmm. way. Um, but anyway, for sure, a lot of comparison. Yeah. We have so much access to so many people that we can compare ourselves to Mm -hmm. nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Um, I think we would all agree 
that moms are really busy. And so I've just purposed in my mind that I don't have time to play the comparison game. <laughs> I just, I don't have time. And so I, I purpose to, to not, to not dabble in it. Um, but you know, I, it, people say it takes a village and it does. And so I've also chosen to find a few women who I respect and to glean wisdom from them and, and the, the parts of their lives that, that I respect and that I want to model my own after. But the things that we, that I find myself tempted to compare are usually things that don't ultimately matter. Mm. You know, she's baking sourdough and I'm still buying my sourdough from Costco. It doesn't matter. And so I've just yeah. like laying that yeah, down and just yeah, great moving on. It, yeah. These are style differences. They're gray areas that don't matter. And so just let it go. Yeah. There you go. That was a mic drop moment with me. <laughs> that was, that was great. I love that. But anyone uh, who is baking sourdough out there, good for you. Yeah. Um, you do you. <laughs> you do you. Yeah. I'll e- email you my address yeah. and you can drop <laughs> some yes. off. You can bring it to the church exactly. with my name on it. I, will I need a starter kit. <laughs> I need a starter. <laughs> I, what you're talking about there is really wise. It's the culling of your inputs. Mm. So you're, you're saying, I'm going to find a few women that I really do respect and I'm going to be disciplined enough to say these are my sources that will challenge me, that uh, will encourage me, but I'm not going to let the whole world be that yeah. for me. Yeah. And that because that can just be an overwhelming thing. I mean, there's mm-hmm. just bazillions of influencers out there that mm-hmm. want to tell you how to be a mom. So you kind of have to cull your inputs. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Bree. Yeah, I think just like everybody else said, starting with a posture of humility is important. Um, I want to learn and you can learn by mistakes and I definitely do that. I learn by my mistakes, but I also want to learn by reading and listening and spending time with others that have gone before me. So I would say practically mothers that speak into my mothering journey right now are oftentimes a stage further along or even further than that Mm. than I'm currently in. And they are kind and gracious with my faults, but they also speak truth to me. And my friends are also um, that are in the same stage. They're super gracious with me too. Um, And I know that when a mom is speaking into my life that I just remind myself that they're for me and they're for my kids. I don't view it as a competition. I view it more as a team. Like we need one another. We're in this together. I want good for their children. They want good for my children. And we're just kind of like filling in each other's gaps. That's kind of Mm. how I view it. Mm. That's great. Are you, do you feel like the, like moms that you're friends with moms that you know is this like a thing uh the comparison trap like is that is that something that that moms are susceptible to i mean i know men are yes and and can be i don't know as many fathers that really worry about how other people are how other dads are doing it maybe a little bit but do you think that's a thing yeah i i definitely think it is i think because it's um like kind of looked down upon to compare yourself. I think sometimes we're not vulnerable enough to say that we actually are comparing ourselves Mm -hmm. because it's like, you shouldn't do that. And it's like, that's right. I shouldn't do that. So I'm not going to say that I'm actually doing that. Um, Do you know what I mean? And I I think we do. And I think the reason why we do it is because mothering is so near and dear to our hearts and we want so badly to do a good job that um, there's just, it's just high stakes. So yeah, I think I think we definitely do it, and um, I think it's a bummer. 
<laughs> I wish I didn't, but if I'm being vulnerable and honest, I, d- I definitely do. And it would be things like, um, I don't know, probably that like people are homesteading and doing things like that, or they're educating their kids like in amazing ways, or mm-hmm. I don't know, they're, they're doing, it's maybe they're doing some of the other things, but they're able to do more than I'm able to do. And with a calmer reaction to th- they're responding and not reacting and I'm right. over here just reacting like a yeah. crazy person it feels like sometimes yeah. I don't know but I I know you and I know that so you're talking about the like negative comparison but I think I've seen you also there's a humility at times too of saying I'm this is my first rodeo at being a mom also. And I, there's things to learn from other people. So absolutely. Uh, I'm a, I'll let down my guard with the right people. Yes, and, absolutely. And grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Absolutely. Okay. So this will be our last like big question as we go around uh, the table. And I want to ask all the moms about practical ways that they uh, connect with their kids or maybe even just practical ways that they share Christ with their kids. So this is my way of saying you can answer either one of those last two questions. <laughs> um, because, you know, for a lot of us, we're just busy. We're trying to figure out how to do this. So maybe we should have led with this question for all the busy moms out there who aren't going to get an hour into <laughs> the podcast. But we'll put it in the show notes so they can just fast click on it and fast to forward to it. Yep, exactly. But this is the moment you want to slow it down to single speed. Mm and listen to these comments. So Denise, I'll start with you. What are some practical ways that you connect with your kids or that you share Christ with your kids? Well, my kids are adults now. And so I still increase, I mean, just try always. I did when they were younger and I continue to uh, make it a real priority to listen to them. Mm. And so rather than just talking over them or rather than just always giving instruction or telling them about my day, I just try to be really intentional about listening to them. And I feel like that builds connection. I pray for them, like Christina was saying, that she prays uh, often for her children. And I feel like that builds connection in my heart to them. Mm. And uh, practically with the adult kids, I try to text them every day and we do weekly phone calls Uh, We have monthly dinners with the one that's local, and we have quarterly visits with the ones that are on the East Coast. But I always just try to stay mindful of uh, James 119. It says, listen more than you speak. Mm. That's so good. I love how organized you are about your (laughs) visits with your kids. I've got the quarterly Daily, weekly, monthly. Yeah, I love that. Good job, Denise. I love that. Do you, now that your kids are older, do you find yourself, do you like to say the phrase, uh, I'm still your mother? No. Do you ever? Do, <laughs> I'm, I'm still your mother and the Bible says that you must honor your parents. Is that? Yeah. No. That's not a card that we're supposed to play, is it? No. <laughs> but to the other point you were asking, I feel like uh, the modeling is so important. Yeah. So continuing to go to church. And continuing to have a quiet time. Like even so many times when we get together with our kids now, it's like vacation time. Yeah. And so I feel like there's still, and I want to do it anyway. It's not like I'm fabricating something. But just modeling that, having a quiet time and considering the Lord and praying over meals and uh, praying about what we're going to use the day to do or whatever. I feel like all of those things are the ways we communicate uh, 
our understanding of God to them in just practical, everyday ways. But I also try to answer their questions from a biblical perspective, rather than just answering their questions like, oh, you should never do that because I saw somebody who did that and this and this and this happened. Mm -hmm. But just trying to take a minute and think about it and not like quote a Bible verse to them necessarily, but just say, oh, I remember one time when I went through that and it really helped me to wait on God or to ask a trusted friend about it or whatever in a biblical way rather than just in a worldly way. Yeah, Mm. that's so good. That's so good. Yeah, what you said earlier about still going to church, still pursuing the Lord. Mm -hmm. There's unfortunately, even the data backs this up a lot. There's a a lot of Christian parents who they go to church while their kids are in the home and then they stop when their kids leave. And to me, that just makes it clear, like, that's where your heart was at. You're you're worshiping your children, basically, uh, and not God. Yeah, so... I, I love that exhortation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Christina. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to speak specifically to teenagers since I'm the teenage mom in the room and that's what I have in my house right now. Um, oh, I guess I have one out of the house right now too. So for the girls that are in the home, super practical. Nate and I both do this. I just go up to their room and sit on their floor. <laughs> it's just like... Uh, you can't go anywhere. If you leave, it would be like really kind of standout-ish, mean. And so I just kind of trap them and we just hang out. And sometimes it's like awkward moments of silence. And But it just always leads to getting to know them better, hearing them talk about their day, um, getting to know something they're worried about. It just, it like forces the moment and it can end up being you know, 30 minutes of nothing, but just like good connection on lightweight issues, or it can really develop into some serious things. And, um, so I've just found like inserting myself into their rooms and just sitting there, um, has led to a lot of connection. And then another one for them is just to get interested in what they're interested in. I know it's the, the age old, right advice but it really helps you know like what music they're listening to well listen to that music read about that artist talk to them about songs that you've tried to listen to the movies they like the friends they have the hobbies they're into um be interested in what they're interested in make it a common point of conversation um it's developed a lot of connection for our girls a lot of common ground with us for us with them so those are some practical ways our daughter who's in college right now we just a lot of texting a lot of facetime or not facetime whatever we do on our our phones we don't have apples um that kind of thing just kind of like regularly pursuing even and at um, her college when we dropped her off they had like a big parent weekend and they just said like it was great advice they said keep texting when you don't get any texts back and keep leaving voicemails when you don't get any voicemails back it all really like means something to them and that was good advice because i i'm the type of person who would feel like i was bumming somebody out or like i'm i want a response you know like oh i I must be bugging you so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna keep sending you these text messages but to hear that has just helped me to just continue to text her or yeah, leave a voicemail or whatever. Yeah, they so, told us that story of the... The girl stood up. It was like a personal testimony. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I remember the story where it was a it was a boy. Oh, okay. And he has... His mom sent him a text every night saying goodnight. Okay. And then she never heard back. 
He yeah. never texted back. He never uh-huh. said, good night, mom, or I love uh-huh. you, mom. He never replied in any way. And so she said, well, I guess this isn't really sinking in. So then she just stopped one night mm-hmm. and he reached out and was like, is everything okay? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that one really stood out to me. <laughs> he was tracking that whole time. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things is when I come home and it's like all the cars are there. I know everybody's home and I walk in the door and nobody's around. I'm like, where is everybody? And you guys are all up in one of their rooms yeah. with the dog and everything. Yeah, just like just a little collection it. has yeah. happened. Yeah. A little yeah. party. Hmm. Love that. <clears throat> Whitney, how about you? Um, <clears throat> well, I also had choose to be interested in what they're interested in. Yeah. I mean, that was like word for word. Um, mm-hmm. Meeting your kids just right where they are, even when it's my four-year-old. And I say, and I say, Jonathan, what do you want to do today? And he said, Mom, let's run. And I said, okay. Let's run. And so we, <laughs> Never we go. Never been heard in the whole yeah. We go that. different places and we run. And that's what we do because the older two are in school and he gets mommy all to himself right now. And so we run. That's so cute. And, and, that's, and that's how we bond because that's what he wants to do. And so I'm, I'm exhausted every day running after him. <laughs> um, but something else I would say is just to be in your season to think about talk about and plan to do more of whatever activity is bringing your family joy in that season Mm. because it's so easy now that we're 10 years in to look back and say oh remember when we just had one and we'd put her in the front carrier and we'd go and we watch sunset or remember when our house was quiet you know or remember or oh gosh looking ahead I can't wait till they're all big enough to go on a bike ride as a family or when everyone can just put their shoes on and get in the car without having a meltdown you know so you're always wanting to go backwards or wishing a way forward and so we've tried Jeff and I have tried really hard to purpose in our minds to just say like what's bringing our family joy right now Mm. and let's just do more of it Mm. because it's gonna it's gonna be gone tomorrow Mm -hmm. and the season is just gonna change so fast and everyone says you're in the sweet times and I think well they're all sweet times each season is gonna have its own special sweetness and joy to it and so I don't I don't want to miss it and so just being, being in it and purposing to be in it. Amen. That's so good one. Good yeah. One. That is, I mean, to, when I'm hearing you describe that, I'm like, that is, that is part of what worship is. Mm. Just being thankful to God for the moment mm. that he has provided, you know, mm. and not basically low key saying to God, thanks, but no thanks. Mm. I'm looking to the next thing mm. and my mind cannot be here, but instead saying, God, I've really appreciate what you've given to us mm-hmm. right now and I'm gonna drink it up mm. that's so good there's some moms that needed to hear that mm. for sure all right Bree how about you what are some practical ways to connect with your kids or share the Lord with them yeah um Whitney earlier um referred to Deuteronomy 6 6 through 7 and I that totally is um a verse that is important to the Kaler household and I love that you talked about that um, teach them diligently and all these ways, you know, when you're sitting and in your house and you're walking, when you lie down, when you rise up. So um, we've kind of taken this verse and desire to not only have like scheduled times that we may um, be sharing um, 
the word and the Lord with our kids, but also have those organic times we've already talked about earlier too, like when there's quarrels or fears or selfishness or joys or Thanksgiving, um, just taking the time to like pause in those moments and bringing the Lord into those moments. So, and this did not come easy, easily to me at first. It came easier to my husband because he grew up in a home where they, they love Jesus and I did not. So, um, I think if you are listening and you're that mama that feels like I can't do that because I've never seen that, mm-hmm. um, that's like totally okay. And I say just like open up and be honest about that. Be humble. Watch others. Ask questions. Learn. Try. Fail. Try again. Fail again. Keep trying. Yes. <laughs> because I I know that I've grown in that and I have fumbled and made a fool of myself probably. But I think the Lord blesses the trying, you know, for sure. So I would say go for that. And then some of the other practical activities that we do, um, our scripture reading at bedtime and on Sabbath. And we like act out the Bible passage. We prioritize church gatherings. We do Bible memory often, and we use songs. Sometimes we learn hymns and worship songs and we talk about what they mean. Um, like maybe what the mm-hmm. writer meant, but also what they mean to us. Um, openly, like with our boys, we read devotional books. Um, Whitney talked about that too. And then I also think it's important, I think maybe everybody talked about this, but letting them know how important Bible reading and prayer is in my own life. Mm. And I think there's a whole podcast that maybe Matt did with you with like probably more, I just kind of like went through that with maybe some links and some actually, it's more helpful. We'll put that in the show notes, but yeah, I was able to sit down with your husband and talk all about sharing the word with your kids, different practical ways to, Mm. to do that. That was a incredible list that you just threw out there for (laughs) us. I'm like, this is like a series of articles (laughs) we need to have written. That was really good. And I, I just, I love that point of just like trying, you know, cause I, I tell dads all the time, you know, who ask me like, how do you share the word with your kids? I, t- one of the things I always tell them is first of all, don't expect some crazy response from them. You know, like they're not going to be like applauding you at the end. <laughs> they're not going to be saying amen and taking like copious notes, but there's something powerful, like they will never forget that you did that with yep. them. And, sure. you know, there have been times where I've felt like, man, I'm kind of out of the routine. I, I want to do that more than I have. And, and then I'll hear one of the girls talk and it's like in their memory, it's like I did it every single day, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes it's like a, a dig, you know, but, <laughs> but like, I think that's how it works for a kid. Like that impression is so strong. My parents, this is important to my parents. Yes. And just the act is the message, you know, yeah. like they say in churches where there's a literal Bible that the pastor opens and says the words, let's open our Bibles to each week. They say that really is the biggest message hmm. because even though there's a sermon that's preached, what's being said through that act every week in the congregational setting is this is the authority over our lives. We're going to come under it right now. And just doing these things communicates a lot of that stuff to our kids. Like God is at the center of who we are. He is worthy of, of us building our lives off of who he is. So I love that one. That's great. Okay. This has been a ton of fun. We're going to wrap up with, each mom sharing 
a book or a resource to recommend to all of you who are still listening at this point, uh, along with a quick final exhortation. Uh, But before we do that, I just want to thank all of you for uh, being great moms, but also preparing to share with all the moms that are out there different things that you've learned over the years. I feel like we could have had a four-hour conversation on uh, each one of these questions, really, and just breaking down what it is to be a godly and biblical mom. But uh, Denise, I'll start again with you. What's your uh, book recommendation? I know I know you've probably got like 75 books. I think I've had you recommend 100 mom-related or parenting-related <laughs> books over the years. Yes, but I'm sure I have. What's Way a recommendation and just an exhortation? Uh, my book recommendation is a book entitled Different Children, Different Needs. And the subtitle is Understanding the Unique Personality of Your Child. And so it's already been referenced that we get children and everyone's different, uh, even though they come from the same parents. And so sometimes, not that you change the principles of your parenting, but you have to have different uh, ways of relating to each individual child. And this book really helps with that. Mm-hmm. It's by Charles F. Boyd. And my last, last encouragement is a little bit like my first encouragement is just to uh Take time, slow down, take time, first of all, for yourself, actually, like take care of yourself, take time for what you love to do, and take time for your kids. Actually, intentionally realize that you, as a parent of young children especially, it's going to take most of your time to be with the children, to be helpful to them, to provide for them, and it's good, it's time well spent. Um, and just to know that God's chosen you for this and that he will equip you and he will even do that through you. Love that. Thank you. What a good exhortation. Honey. Yeah. Okay. Well, me and Bree, we might double up here. So I'm trying to figure out <laughs> which hers, like four. So just, okay. you just shoot and I'll not do that. Okay. One. Can I, okay. I'm going to do two because I can never do just one, but it's, I'll do it really fast. One is Sally Clarkson, the ministry of motherhood. And it's probably the best book on motherhood that I've ever written. And I would say the reason why is because it's not trying to put parenting into a formula. It's in some really beautiful ways helping you see the ministry and the mission of it and to um, pushing you constantly to rely on the Holy Spirit. Um, So that is it. And then as a teenage mom, um, Age of Opportunity by Paul Tripp is the best book I've ever read on um, teenagers. So... um, get it, read it. That's my recommendation. Love that. And how about an exhortation? Okay. Um, My exhortation is to see motherhood as a gift, Mm -hmm. uh, not an obligation and not, it's going to require faithfulness. It's going to require so much sacrifice, but it it really is a beautiful gift from the Lord. And when you're able to see it from that lens, I think it, it helps you to appreciate it helps you to have joy in it. It helps you to see the goodness of God that he would give you the gift, the goodness of your kids because they're a gift. They're not a duty or an obligation. So um, try to see motherhood as a beautiful gift. That's my exhortation. Beautiful. That's a good one. That's great. All right, Whitney, I saw you. You were celebrating with the Ministry of Motherhood. Did I steal your book We got a Sally Clarkson fan club over here. Um, (laughs) But I wrote down two of her titles in case Ministry of Motherhood was taken. I really like her daily devotional. It's called Mm -hmm. Mom Heart Moments. Mm -hmm. And I was gifted that when we had our third. Mm. 
And so my hands and heart were very full in that season. And so having a one page that had scripture and had a paragraph of just Sally's beautiful words speaking into my heart um, every day was just, it was the perfect dose of what I needed as a really mm. busy mom mm. moving nice. to three kids. So that's so good. Mom heart moments. And my, my last little nugget for all the moms out there is um, motherhood really changed me and is still changing me. Um, and there were, there were times where I felt really lonely, where I felt really um, unseen, um, mm-hmm. and I had a hard time figuring out what this new version of me was, and, mm-hmm. I, and I didn't know what would now fill my cup in the season. And so I felt a little bit lost. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important to just, I kept trying different things because, you know, what, what's going to fill me up right now? Do I need to go on a walk? Do I need to talk to a friend? Do I need to take a nap? Do I need to just get out and be with adults? Do I need to, you know, I, it was just a lot of unknowns in that time. And I, I guess my, my, my note to everyone is that it's okay if you don't know, because I realized God sees me and God knows so it's okay if I don't know. And so hmm. that just made That's me good. feel really comforted um, and still comforts me because um, we're all changing. Um, but I think motherhood in particular just changes you in a beautiful way. Um, and as you kind of find yourself again, as you're raising your kids, you can just rest in the fact that God knows and sees you for exactly who you are. That's a good word. Yeah. That's Great a good word. word. Thank you. All right, Brie. Recommendation and exhortation. I'm going to just say the Sally Clarkson book. I, that was one of mine for sure. So guess everybody who's listening needs to just go get yeah, that sure, book. Sure. Um, I also so you're saying that. I should have invited Sally Clarkson. <laughs> yes, that is what I'm saying. Um, I also really like um, Raising Passionate Jesus Followers by Phil and Diane Comer. Mm-hmm. It's probably the best parenting book I've ever read. It covers all the stages and is so encouraging and practical um, I actually probably am due to read it again. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those where it's yeah. like you'll read it's it a re-read. couple times. I think it like kind of like some books are like more specific and this one's just like, Hey, if you're going to read a parenting book, you could just read that one and it will help you. And then, um, there's some boy mom books that are good. Boy mom by Monica Swanson and raising emotionally strong boys by David Thomas. Yeah. So if you're kind of just looking for some books to give you some in, um, insight into raising a boy, I think those are really helpful too. And my final encouragement would be, I just think, like I said earlier, because mothering's like so near and dear to us, sometimes it can be difficult to like feel equipped or feel confident in the tools that we have or how to implement them. Um, and like I said before, sometimes I can complicate things and it's really important to me to simplify things. So I think it's important to see that it's simple to follow Jesus. It's not easy, but it's simple and we can prioritize time with him um, and he will and does guide us. So if we stay close to him and his word, if we're humble and gracious, we're going to make mistakes. But his grace is sufficient. And um, I would just say prioritize vulnerable, gospel-loving community mm. um, that you can share your wins and your losses and share in prayer a place where you can bear one another's burdens. I think that's vital to mothering. Mm. Yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. All right, this just feels so good to be talking about this because I, it's, I think uh, so refreshing. I mean, I'm obviously not a mom, but, uh, so refreshing to just think about 
mothering from this perspective and angle. You guys aren't competitive. You guys are secure in yourselves because of what God has done in your life. You're in love with the Lord and you love your kids. I just feel a lot of health at this table right now. And so I, I just love that. That's so encouraging. So thanks for joining us and thanks for listening, everyone out there. And we'll see you guys next time.